Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Dan and Benny in the Ring. I'm Dan Spasciano, joined, as always, by the BS Express himself, Benny Scala. Benny, I know uh, how many shows we've been doing this now. This is usually the part where we have some witty banter or, or you tell me a, a dirty dating joke. But I, don't, I, I know we're about to get into some wrestling, but I don't, uh, I don't too, feel too much like laughing right now. We talked about it on the page today. The wrestling world, another blow this week. A devastating loss, especially because we covered the deterioration uh, of his health when it was when his son reported it a week ago, but the wrestling world lost Paul Orndorff, Mister Wonderful. Uh, at the you said he was seventy two, seventy one actually, yeah, seventy one. That's, yes, that's even worse. But yeah, if you uh, we we talked about it at length, and then we meant we showed shared the video on the page um, of his uh, unfortunate deterioration in health, and his son confirmed that he he is gone, and that's another another name in the echelon and. You know, it, it's it's sad and it hurts, but it's also kind of a reminder of why we do what we do. I had a, a conversation this morning uh, with a, uh, Angelo, of all of all people, talking about the um, wrestlers. You know, on the old show, we had some scheduling chan- uh, discussions that never really materialized with both Butch Reed and the uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, with both Butch Reed and the Patriot, Del Wilkes, uh, both of whom are, are also gone now. And, you know, so, I mean, we, we, we talk about when we had Jimmy Valiant on and we've, we've had, you know, uh, some of the guests in the past um, who, who we want to tell the stories, we want to hear the road stories, and we want to talk about the past because, really, I mean, we're at the point in life, Benny, you know, you're, you're older than I am, but even me, you know, uh, we're at the point in life where, where life's not giving us anything anymore and it's taken away everything we grew up with. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, it's funny because I was on Evan's show on Saturday night and we were talking about this. And actually, we were talking about Paul Orndorff and his deteriorating physical condition. And I made a remark because, you know, I love to write that, you know, these guys, I said they're national treasures. And Evan corrected me and said, you know, they're international treasures. And these guys, unfortunately, are dropping like flies. And when, when they go, all the memories and all the stories go with them. So, um, it, it's just sad. I mean, I, I, I mentioned before the uh, the show started that I've been seeing this uh, picture online of the Heenan family. You know, it's got Andre, King Kong, Bundy, and, and Orndorff to the left. Got Bobby the Brain in the middle, and the right's Mr. Perfect, Rick Rude, and John Studd. All of them are gone, and it, the, the one who lived the longest was Bobby the Brain, although he had a horrible, you know, last few years of life. Um, and so, I mean, and only three of them actually reached the age of 50, so... Just, you know, we, we talked about it on, on the show on Saturday that these guys, they led a very hard life. These territory wrestlers, they were on a perpetual road trip. They were in their car seven days a week, probably racking up two, three thousand, maybe more than that, miles per week. Yep. If you, if you, if you worked in the Mid-South Territory, you might, like, go 700 miles between shows. And, you know, you know you weren't eating at a five-star restaurant. You're probably, you know, like, eating at Augie's drive through Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, di- yeah, di- yeah. di- the di- the diner food and the street sandwiches. I mean, how That's, many yeah. how many the road dog, stories? The hot dog exactly, stand, yeah. Exactly. How many road stories have we heard where oh we swung by the the burger joint 
you know, or, or we went to the to the to the one diner within a hundred miles that's open twenty four hours after the show, right? And, and, and you're eating at the Greasy Spoon, and and I mentioned before the show, uh, years ago, I, they did a, a a study, if you want to call it that, but they were comparing injuries, and they said that a basic back bump for for those you know where just just a flat fall on your back back bump the kind of bump you take from like a basic body slam one of the very first things you ever learn to do when you wrestle a basic back bump puts the same damage on your body as a car accident between 20 to 30 miles an hour so i mean you're talking about someone like you know a paul orndorff taking hundreds of thou being in hundreds of thousands of car accidents over the course of a few years uh we, we on the old show, we interviewed Magnum T.A. and he said his first two years wrestling, he he was wrestling four to five hundred matches a year. I mean, you, you think about the guys today with the wear and tear, the injury, and they might wrestle a third of that Maybe. over yeah. the court. You know, you got guys, especially now with the with the gimmicks and, and, and some of the segments where you might go two, three weeks without wrestling on TV and they're not doing house shows. So, I mean, you got guys that may wrestle only 30 to 40 times a year which is 10 times less than some of these guys were wrestling and then you know they they get in the three or four of them in a, in a small i mean think about anybody anybody over the age of 30 think about the way the you know the cars back then you weren't you weren't renting you know a uh an e an equinox or you know a a forester or something like that these guys were cramming in the back of a small chevelle and maybe you know three or four big guys i mean think about orndorff and hogan and some of these guys trying to cram into a, the iron sheik trying to cram into a car together after a night of getting beat up ain't no way your your body's healing properly and, and just imagine like working in the mid-south territory and I, i'm just uh, maybe geographically this won't even be correct but just say you're working in shreveport louisiana you you you, you know you sprain a, an, a, an ankle or you know you, you you know you you break a finger you, right. you the next night you're in tulsa which is probably about, I don't know, maybe seven hour drive. And you're going to be there with that sprained ankle or broken finger. God forbid, you might have a concussion. And these guys did this for years. And you mentioned about the backdrop. I mean, you can't watch a wrestling match in the 70s without seeing a backdrop. You know, the old fashioned backdrop. There was one, at least one in every match, maybe multiple backdrops. And I mean, I look at that and it's like, how the hell are these guys doing this? But I mean, it came with a price. And we think about, you know, they talk about how wrestling has changed and a lot of the moves today, all the big flippy shit and how it's 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 a lot more dangerous of a style today. You know, but you think about back then the basic moves, uh, you know, the you said the backdrop, uh, a lot of the, the you know, moves like super uh, the suplexes and the, uh, some of the some of the big like like the T-bone suplexes or even something like Hulk Hogan's leg drop. You know, which which he wasn't the only one that did that kind of move, but you know, you're you're compressing your spine every night to 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 do well. If you take the bump well, you're still hurt. Right. You know, yeah, you're not gonna break your neck back flipping through a box of light bulbs, but you're certainly taking a beating. Absolutely. And and medicine wasn't where it's at, and the schedule was worse. And well, unfortunately, yeah. right, exactly. You know, it, it's not to the doctor between shows it, back in the day. Exactly. You know, like you said, you're 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 hopping in a car six hours from Shreveport to Tulsa, you know? Well, number one, you need to feed your family. And yeah. number two, you're afraid of losing your spot. Like, it, you go home for two weeks, somebody's in your place. Exactly. And how many times have we had people on the show that have said, back when you were riding the territories, 
you didn't sell if people didn't pay tickets to see your name or buy tickets to see your name, you didn't eat that day. Right. You know, you heard stories, guys telling us where they would go to a show two, three hundred miles and and they would they would end up losing money. They'd they'd get paid less than they spent on gas and food to get out there. It was a whole different world back then. A whole different world. And as you can tell, I mean, for every for every Bruno and for every Dominic DiNucci and someone like a Jimmy Valiant or or even some of the modern guys like like a like a Ric Flair who has not exactly been the beacon of fitness, but you know, is is definitely lived past the average. For every one of those guys, like you said, you had the the Heenan family. Less than half the people in that picture lived past forty five. Right. I mean, you know, the, the the you hear stories all the time when you see names like like Kurt Henning and Rick Rude and and the British Bulldog and and with a Reese, I mean um, I, I give them credit because of of the light they've shined but look at how how many exposes Dark Side of the Ring has done on people that have left early and Orndorff was seventy one that's old for a wrestler from his time yeah but you know much like unfortunately as his son with the videos and some of the comments I mean it, clearly his his quality of life may have been a little hurting, so it's it's sad. But it's very uh, I sad. Don't, I also, I, you know, to to kind of get back to a positive note, Orndorff is is just such a unique talent because he had the look and the personality, and he was he was he was a face people love to cheer and a heel people love to hate. And I don't think he gets enough credit for two things. One, him turning on Hulk Hogan is probably one of the greatest heel turns in wrestling history as far as ticket sales and what it did to the business. And two, you know, how many times have we said it? A, a, a hero, a face is only as good as the villains, they, the heels and the villains they vanquish. Hulkamania does not take off without Orndorff and Piper and some of those names. You mentioned the Heenan family. Some of those guys that, that, that were not just good in the ring with Hogan, but the fans believed, holy crap, like, I'm watching a fight. Think about how big Hulk Hogan was. As a kid, I believed Paul Orndorff could beat him up with the right opportunity, you know? Piper and Orndorff, they were believable villains that could take the title, and you wanted to see Hogan conquer them. And without Orndorff and people, and his, what he brought to the business, I mean, he main evented WrestleMania, only a handful of people can say that. I, I think he was the most intense uh, yeah. worker that I ever saw. And you mentioned that, you know, when he turned on Hogan, I think he, what he did was, a, when I think he lifted Hogan's hand, then he gave him a quick clothesline. Yeah. And they gave him this pile driver that, like, you know, I mean, I kind of knew what the score was as far as wrestling went by then. But right. like, the way he, I mean, he nailed that thing. And I'm thinking, like, holy crap. I think he actually had the best pile driver of all time. He he really did. And, and, and a move that, that he doesn't get enough credit for because a lot of people did it back then, but Paul Orndorff had, I would argue, one of the, if not the prettiest, brain buster. Because the way with his shoulders, the way he could get you, especially like a suplex, but the brain buster where he'd drop him down, just, just amazing. And, and you know, he was just such a good technical talent. His pile driver, his suplex, even, even the basic moves, like you said, the short arm clothesline and punches, it was believable, it was intense. You know, one of the all-time, I mean, you, how many, you said it before on the show, the word legend is used far too often today, but he is a legend in the business, and I would argue one of the all-time greats. Oh, yeah, and he's one of my favorites of all time as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so uh, a big loss, but, you know, career, hope, uh, career to, to, to look back on proudly, 
And I hopefully, as as he gets some of the recognition, uh, as social media age, uh, hopefully a new generation of fans go back and yeah. and discover Paul Orndorff. I mean, you know, guys and kids in their in their teens and twenties that might watch WrestleMania for the first time, the first WrestleMania that is, you know, a whole new generation introduced to Mister Wonderful. Which I I the the the, the fact that. He had the white trunks for all those years with the one, the number one, and then Durful. I thought that was great. It was like the Wonders in the movie That Thing You Do, except they were the Oneaters. You're right. That's funny. <laughs> but the, um, yeah, it's it's something else. But And uh, hopefully, like I said, hopefully a new generation of fans and, and we can keep chugging along. But moving on to a uh, another note, uh, the the. Main topic we were going to talk about tonight, and um, is is we've got the the Money in the Bank pay per view coming up this weekend. We're recording this on a Tuesday, so the Go Home SmackDown still to air for anybody that cares. The SmackDown that is going to air this weekend will be the first WWE show held in front of a live crowd. They officially tore down the Thunderdome, so we're going to have real uh, live fans. I don't know what that'll do to change the. Um, the aura, but I personally am looking forward to seeing fans in the crowd again, real fans, big fans, big crowds um, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the stands again. So that should be fun. And then Money in the Bank is much like the Royal Rumble, where you, you, some, you feel you know what's going to happen. You kind of see where they're going because the, the Money in the Bank is the build up to SummerSlam the way the Rumble is the build up to Mania. But uh, anything can happen. I mean, who, who, who saw. You know, Otis or um, you know, so, some of the some of the names in the past that have won Kane winning and cashing in on the same night. Uh, Mr. Kennedy winning the second year when he was still a relative newcomer. The fact that, that names like Jericho uh, and, and Booker T and some of the names that were staples in the original matches never never won the briefcase. Anything can happen. Absolutely. But we've got a de- And I, I think it's a decent card this year. Um, or excuse me, the decent card for, for this coming show now. Uh, in a bit of negative news, we've spoke very highly of their feud. The last couple matches we've reviewed and talked about, and and their involvements in recent pay per views was the uh, one of the matches that was supposed to be on the card was the I Quit match between Bailey and Bianca Belair. Unfortunately, WWE announced that Bailey tore uh, her ACL training. Uh, you know, um, they said that uh, everybody had to go through mandatory training sessions to get back. To the ligas to to play back, you know, kind of learn the nuance of the live crowd, because wrestlers have been playing in front of TV monitors for so long. You got to learn to work in front of the fans again. And they said it was a freak accident, nobody's fault. You know, wrestling is a dangerous business. Sometimes shit happens. Um, so hopefully a speedy recovery to her. And that kind of injury, she could be out. They said nine months. Um, although I've seen people come back a little faster, some some a little little slower, but. That's unfortunate for her because Bailey was, I think, one of the best heels they had going company wide, and uh, yeah, Bianca Belair obviously their chemistry together. The match to make up there this coming SmackDown, we'll see uh, Bianca Belair defending the title against Carmella. Uh, yeah, thank you against Carmella. Sorry, I drew a blank for a second there. Um, so we'll we'll have to to go from there, but um. I think I think this could be a fun card. Obviously, the the ladder matches for me have always been hit or miss. I think they can be entertaining, but in re- recent years, WWE has shifted towards the more cartoony overbooking spots with ladder matches, where 
you know, people build ladder furniture and do some crazy stuff compared to, say, the the early TLC matches between like Edge and Christian and the Dudleys, you know, or even the early ladder matches, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, where it was just two guys fighting and a ladder happened to be there. Now, throughout the course of the match, the wrestlers will go through 10 or 12 ladders. So always, always interesting to see. And like I said, the fans. Um, but starting off, Benny, first match of the night is uh, AJ Styles and Omos defending the tag titles against the Viking Raiders. Now, I'm not going to lie. Of the card, this is the match I probably care the least about. That's not a criticism of any of the talents, but it really felt kind of shoehorned in, and I'm still a little disappointed. Last night on Raw, they did the typical tag team build where they had one member of each team wrestle, and AJ Styles lost handedly very quickly. Not a good look for someone who was one of your longest reigning champions of the last decade. Of course, Omos made up for it by squashing his opponent, sending the team home happy. But uh, I, I don't know, just I, I don't really care. I mean, nothing. I mean, maybe it's it's just it, it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. You know, they were AJ was tied up in the title picture, and then next thing you know, holy crap, the Viking Raiders hate Omos. Um, but I, I I don't see them dropping the belts just yet. I think if you're gonna have the Viking Raiders, or you're going to build up a team to be your next face team, you have them win the titles at SummerSlam. Yeah, you know, I, I'm with you as far as not caring, because they, they really haven't given us much reason to care. I mean, they really haven't done much with the AJ and Almas. I mean, they're not featured at all. Uh, I, I just don't... I was really kind of hoping that they would use this kind of like when, when Shawn Michaels and team with uh, Diesel... And kind of, you know, Sean kind of got Diesel up and running. And I thought it was going to be the same thing here, but I really haven't seen that. Um, I'm going to predict an upset. I'm going to predict the Viking Raiders only because, and there's only one reason why, is because I think they have to give us something. Right. Uh, and I think this, if, if they're going to throw us a small bone, I think this is going to be the small bone that we get. I could see that. Now, uh, moving on, the, the next match on the card is another title match. This is... The singles, uh, the singles rematch, long time coming, something we've been looking forward to. Rhea Ripley defending her title against Charlotte Flair. Now, these two have had triple threats. They've had tags. They've kind of been back and forth. But this is the first. These two are back together one-on-one -on -one for the title, or a title, I should say. Last time, remember, uh, when, they, when they wrestled at Mania, in the empty arena at Mania, I thought their match was highlighted a weekend. Uh, I don't think Charlotte should have beaten Rhea Ripley for the NXT belt because that kind of killed Rhea's momentum for about a year while they rebuilt her. But here I think the opposite happens. I, I think Rhea Ripley defeats Charlotte Flair in what I believe will probably be the best match of the, of the, again of the night. Assuming they're given their time, I could also see this match being a lot shorter than it needs to be with some crazy shenanigans. But I think Rhea Ripley walks out champion. 100% agree with you. My notes are, I said, Rhea needs a signature win. Uh, and I think she needs to establish, I mean, her entire title reign so far has been defined with Charlotte. Yeah. And I think she needs to move past that. The, the one thing, and, and the loss won't hurt Charlotte at all. You know, the, the win will greatly benefit Rhea. The, the, the loss won't hurt Charlotte. But it just seems like lately they're just trying to outheal each other. Which I'm not sure I understand that, but 
that yeah, we, the case. if you remember, we talked about that last pay-per-view where Rhea was acting very heelish with the disqualification at the, at the announce table. And she's, it, they've had a couple of mixed tag matches where they've teamed Rhea with the heel group. And it, it, it's almost like they're kind of trying to force this, this tweener narrative with Rhea Ripley because she's not the clean cut baby face. But I don't think having two heels that are just both trying to be the bigger evil really works well when you have somebody who's going to be as over as Rhea Ripley is when she gets in front of a crowd. I mean, I think she's probably going to get one of the best reactions of the night. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see, but yeah, we're in agreement on this one. Um, if, and, and moves it, forward to somebody else. Exactly. Now, now spoiler, I don't have any titles changing hands tonight, but I think of any belt on this card, I would argue Rhea's is probably the safest. And I'll get to why I think that in a little bit. But okay. the next match on the uh, speaking of, of women's wrestling, the next match on the card is the women's money in the bank match. Now, this is interesting because you've got a, a, t, a to be decided slot. There's eight women. Only seven have been confirmed. And that's as of Raw. Now, mind you, we're recording this on a Tuesday. They still have the go home SmackDown where they could tack on the special appearance. Raw certainly seemed to be teasing that the uh, Ross, excuse me, Raw certainly seemed to be seemed to be teasing the uh, uh, who who they thought it might be as far as as some of the gimmicks they've been building up with uh, you know, just 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 the different like oh will they won't they kind of stuff um, the the uh, rumors online rumors and mind you these are just online rumors apparently there's some rumblings that. WWE might this might be the chance for Sonya Deville to come back to to the ring, so uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see who the decided person is because depending on who it is and how many times we've had this conversation before too, depending on on who it is, you have you know uh, you have the, the narrative changing. I mean. If it's if Raw, let's say Raw gets their case and Eva Marie is the is the the deciding hidden person or or excuse me mystery person, I don't see Eva Marie winning. I I don't think it's soon enough to put her in that position. I also don't think the fans would react well to that at all. No, um, if I, I think there with Eva Marie, I think you do what you did with like the Miz and uh, Riley years ago or. Becky Lynch and Charlotte in NXT years back. I think uh, what Piper Niven, what does she wrestle as? They call her Dewdrop. I think she's going to end up obviously doing the Virgil DiBiase moment where she finally has enough and pops Eva Marie. And I think that's going to get the biggest reaction fans have had in months. Uh, but no, I don't see Eva Marie winning. I don't even think if they put Sonya Deville in there, I don't think Sonya Deville would win it either. But I could see if, if they pull somebody completely out of left field, maybe an NXT call up or I don't know, heaven forbid, let's say Charlotte loses to Rhea and then comes out and is the mystery person in the money in the bank match. You know, I, if they pull something out of left field, that might be uh, a possibility. But to go over the rest of the card, you have Liv Morgan, uh, Super Ash, who's Nikki Cross's new superhero character, Alexa Bliss. Naomi, Asuka, and the returning Zelina Vega, who apparently has uh, dropped her issues with unions 
at the behest of a new paycheck. So good for her. I'm, I'm, she's a very talented performer. I'm glad that she's worked out the issues she had with the company. I thought she got a raw deal with the uh, issues because she was making a, a killing in popularity on her streaming service. And the WWE stepped in and basically told her, like, give us some of that money or shut up. And she said no, and they fired her. And so, or I, I excuse me, Future Endeavored. It's probably, right. you know, the, yeah, the official narrative is it was mutual. Politically correct there. But um, I, I'm torn on this one, honestly. I could see them going a lot of different ways with, you know, do, do, you, do you give it to Alexa Bliss to build up her storyline? Because she's kind of been, you know, being, super, being uh, uh, built up as kind of the super villain. You have super Nikki Cross with her new superhero character. Um, I will say I think I think Naomi, Asuka, and Natalia are I, I don't I would write them off. No offense to their to their talents, but I don't think see storyline wise them getting it, depending on who the mystery person is. But I think with the card announced and the way they've been booking people, I would honestly put I would put the the briefcase with Liv Morgan because I realize I think that's where they're going because they've kind of given her a huge push with with on SmackDown with especially getting the win over Zelina Vega's return getting the, the she's kind of having that beef with uh with Sonya Deville as kind of the underdog fighting for the fighting the the authority that's holding her down I think storyline wise she makes the most sense I think she's being built up the most but this could really go any way it's a crapshoot I could see three or four different people but I think she's she's got her shot plus I hate to say it. It really seems like the WWE is acting like they owe her something after they fired the riot squad out from under. Her. So I, 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 my pick is Liv Morgan. Okay. Well, we're going to be different on this one. So I do have her. Like, so I kind of went like person by person said, you know, either don't need it. Just know. So like I have Alexa, I don't think she needs it. I think she's over enough that whatever she can do, whatever she wants. She doesn't need, she gets yeah, my thoughts. Exactly. Asuka definitely doesn't need it. She's always going to be in the main event picture. Naomi, I, I, I think we've had our, you know, life's allotment of Naomi. Um, Nikki, Nick, I think it's Nikki Ash, right? Almost a superhero. Yes. I don't think she's believable enough to put, to give her the, you know, to give her the, the money in the bank. Uh, Liv, I have an asterisk that, you know, possible. Um, and then Zelina, she just came back. I mean, she really hasn't done anything to make me think that they're going to do that. I, I, I'm kind of going to go out on a limb here and predict whoever the wild card is, they're going to win. And okay. I've, I've heard rumors. I've heard Becky Lynch rumors. I've heard Sasha Banks rumors. I mean, which would, either one would be great. Yeah, and like I said, if it's somebody out of left field, who hasn't been teased at least as a member. And again, we're filming this before SmackDown. I think, yes, Becky Lynch, uh, if it's an NXT call up, if it's, if it's Sasha Banks, if it's somebody like that, I could easily see the TBD winning. But I think just on the names I have in front of me right now, I, I, I'm fine with Liv Morgan. Should be quite interesting, though. Yeah, definitely. But moving on to. The uh, match that could also be sleeper hit because you've got a lot of good talent in this match. You've got the men's money in the bank match. And now the men's money in the bank match, you have, excuse me, you have Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, Riddle, 
Ricochet, John Morrison, Big E, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Seth Rollins. Now think about that for a second. You have Seth Rollins, Shinsuke Nakamura, Drew McIntyre, and Kevin Owens. So right off the bat, half your men's money in the bank match match winner or match contestants are former champions. Which is, I mean, half half your t- your former champions. Seth Rollins has won money in the bank. You've got somebody like a John Morrison who benefited with the Miz over money in the bank. Big E and Ricochet both uh, are being pushed as next big things. Riddle in his uh, team bro group. So, I mean, you have a lot of talent. This is one of those matches, and I know this this might sound cliche, but I as a fan would be perfectly fine with any of these people winning. In the women's match, like you said, you know, maybe, definitely not, doesn't need it. Sure, there are names here. I'll I'll say I don't think Seth Rollins needs the money in the bank mat bunny money in the bank briefcase again. Um, I don't think someone like Shinsuke with the push he's been getting now that he's King Nakamura and all that, I don't think he needs the briefcase. Uh, some of uh, honestly, I could see Big E doing fine even without it. Now he might be he might benefit picking it up, but there's there's a lot of names and a lot of talent, and a lot of meat in this match, and I think it's going to be a hell of a fight. Uh, there's going to be definitely some people going through tables. There's going to be people going through ladders. But, and and I hope, a part of me hopes I'm wrong here because I you know how much I hate stuff that's telegraphed, but damn it, if it doesn't seem like this entire match was built around Drew McIntyre winning the briefcase because he has to get a loophole to get a title shot back. So... My pick, just because it really seems like the way they would go with something like this, my pick is Drew McIntyre. Man, <laughs> we're definitely we're definitely opposing on this. So, Uh-oh. I, 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 well, it'll make it interesting that the, the post match show. Uh, yeah. So uh, now I have Ricochet. I think like I have like just no, but I mean, yeah, I, I he might have a chance. I just I just I don't think he's ready yet. Uh, maybe in the future. I have Riddle. Riddle's with, uh, he's still involved with RK Bro. Kevin Owens, I mean, he's kind of, I think he's kind of had his run and he's still involved with Sami Zayn. Uh, Shinsuke, same thing. I, I have just no. Um, I think he's still, you know, I don't know that, I don't know that he would be over as a champion. Maybe like, you know, an IC or a US, but I don't see him as a, as a world champion. I think maybe a few years ago, absolutely. I think they've just kind of, yeah, well, they when haven't he, used him properly. When he won the Rumble and and challenged AJ Styles, I think they should have given them 25, 30 minutes, Japan rules, the Japan style, tear the house down, and during the match, instead of afterwards, during the match, have Shinsuke turn heel and win the title. I think the fans would have eaten that up. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Kind of what I, they, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I have Seth Rollins, you know, again, don't need. I have Drew is don't need. And the only reason why I I say that is because I think, you know, and I'm going to use the same logic that I use for Rhea Ripley when she goes clean over Charlotte is because she needs to she needs to define her title reign as, you know, beyond Charlotte. I think Bobby Lashley needs to define his title reign as be if he's going to remain as champion. 
as beyond Drew McIntyre. So that's why, I mean, now would I be the least bit surprised if Drew won? Absolutely not. I, I have Big E as winning. All right. Now, I do have a question here, though, and maybe something else we can talk about. The one guy who I, like, if somebody asked me, you know, a few weeks ago, who do you see winning? Without thinking, I would have said Damian Priest. Right. And, and, and yeah, that's the, where is Damian Priest? Well, I know you, you mentioned you haven't had a chance to watch Raw yet. They, they, Damian Priest is now involved in the U.S. title picture. He's, they're building him up to feud with Sheamus. Which I think those two would put on a hell of a match. Oh yeah, absolutely yes. Because what what you didn't see on Raw was they uh, they had a backstage segment where management basically told Sheamus, "Hey, you haven't defended the title in a while," because you know he's been he's been doing all the cheap beat ups where he's been fighting with Umberto Carrillo and and the same couple guys, and he had again beat a guy up backstage, came out, broke, kicked him one two three. Match was maybe ten seconds. And then Damian Priest came out for the save, and he and Sheamus had their exchange, and it certainly is seeming like the buildup there, which is kind of what we talked about in our WrestleMania post-show after his involvement with Bad Bunny, where I would put Damian Priest, I'd, I'd give him a run with the mid-card title to kind of build him up, sort of like they did, it reminded me almost of Ultimate Warrior style. Bring him in, give him the mid-card, and while he is mid-card champion, push him to the next level. Then you can have, I mean, maybe not a title for title like they did with Warrior Hogan, but while he's mid card champion, make him into a main eventer. And I think someone like a, like a, a Damian Priest versus Roman Reigns, Damian Priest, Lashley, Damian Priest, McIntyre, those are matches I could easily see main eventing a mania. Yeah, that's actually some good booking there, I think. But, but which means it'll probably, it's raw, so it probably won't happen. But <laughs> it's too logical. Yeah. We thought of it, so it's not going to happen. <laughs> Right, which now I also I also think, and it's no offense to his character because he is a talented worker, but I don't think either Ricochet or Riddle are in this match if The Miz is healthy. One of those two is a filler for plans that I think they would have had with having The Miz and Morrison right, in the yeah. same match. You can't have you can't not have Miz in that match. Right, but um, and, and honestly, I'm kind of so sad with. Uh, the, what they did with the Hurt business, where they broke up the Hurt business, and then Shelton Benjamin kind of got the better of Cedric Alexander. I mean, Shelton Benjamin has put on some of the best moments in Money in the Bank matches. I don't think he would have been a bad fit here if he had been able, kind of. And, and again, no offense to either of them, but give him the Riddle or Ricochet spot where they surprise somebody out of nowhere, and holy, holy crap, during the Money in the Bank match. You know, which now Ricochet, if you remember, and no offense to Ricochet, but they, he's, he was, but he was a pretty much a job guy for about the last better part of the last two years. Right. You know, losing to Sheamus kind of being in, in one sided beatings. And then they've really been building him up. Well, the last cup month or so where it's like, he's, he's putting on the good matches against Sheamus and he's putting on the matches against Morrison and, and you're seeing, okay, this is the ricochet that was us champion. This is the ricochet that was pushing the title picture. But, I don't know. I, I again, anything could happen. I mean, at, let's be honest. At this point, you know, if you and I were talking about the Money in the Bank match in the empty arena where the ladder was on top of WWE towers, you know, you know damn well neither of us in a million years would have picked Otis to win that match. So who knows? They could they could throw something out of left field. Or if you remember, what was it? The uh, the era of what they called Boombox Boombox Brock, 
where Brock Lesnar just came out during the match and grabbed the briefcase like he wasn't even in the match. You know, he just came out, pushed pushed uh, Mustafa Ali off the ladder and grabbed the briefcase, and everyone just kind of accepted that he he has it now. Yeah, you know, argue could, what's that? I said, who's going to argue with him? <laughs> right? Yeah, they. Uh, I mean, they could do something crazy, but like I said, I from a storyline perspective and what is a rare feat here, I could see either of these any any of these guys winning, and I think I'd be fine with it. But uh, moving on, we have two more matches. Now, again, um, both of these are title matches, both many, many weeks in the making. Uh, in the case of the Reigns-Edge match, where Edge has only recently taken the picture, but he was there from the Rumble, so you have to the, the seeds for this match were laid back in January. But the first title match is WWE Championship. Lashley is defending his the title against Kofi Kingston. Now, again, you, you didn't get a chance to watch, watch Raw. Um, Raw ended with a very interesting segment where I don't want to call it a breakup completely, but the uh, in the beginning of Raw, Lashley lost a non-title match to Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods rolled him up, pinned him semi-clean. Lashley was showboating in Woods' surprise roll-up, you know, surprise small package. Um, but Lashley flipped out. He you know, had his moments, and he left. Well, Raw ended with MVP in the ring, you know, the, the VIP lounge with the women and the couches and the fancy champagne. And Bobby Lashley basically came out, told him, get your head on straight. All I want to do is hurt people. Tore the set down, even at one point very impressively bench-pressing one of the couches and throwing it out of the ring. Um, but... I don't want to call it a breakup, but he basically told MVP, "Stay the hell out of my way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rip Kofi Kingston in half. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not the fancy suit goofball. Just let me hurt somebody." Which I think is a, as long as they don't break those two up, because I thought they're they're such good chemistry together, and MVP is such a good manager and mouthpiece for Lashley, who is not exactly strong in the promo department, but I think that seriousness kicks it up another level. I had I didn't I mean even before that segment I think Kofi has no chance of winning the title. Uh, there's certainly with with SummerSlam coming, and with the possibility of some of the names floating around now is not the time to drop the belt. And if they honestly I hate to say it if they do I think Lashley wins it back like a week or so later on Raw anyway. But no I I think Lashley wins handedly and I think tough guy. Er, let me hurt somebody instead of being this almighty suit wearing champagne drinking doof. Uh, I think Lashley wins, and I think it's the jump start to tough big guy Lashley being built up for whoever is going to try and take him down at SummerSlam. Uh, I agree. Clean win for Lashley. I, I have easy win, although, you know, and it's, I, I liken this to going to a movie where <clears throat> you know there's going to be a lot of action. And you know they have great actors, but you right. know the ending. So, I mean, you can only enjoy it so much because you know how it's going to turn out. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, I really, really hope that, I mean, I, I could see maybe, you know, getting away from the suits and the women and the champagne. But don't, <clears throat> excuse me, don't take MVP away from him. I, I what, what is he going to do for his promos then? Yeah, I just, exactly. I, yeah, I just, exactly. MVP Honestly, gold. I mean, solid yeah, gold. Yeah, I... I still, I'm still dumbfounded that they broke up the Hurt Business, especially, you remember, the story 
the backstage news was that Lashley and MVP were literally damn near on their knees begging and pleading with Vince McMahon, like, don't do this. This is a bad idea. And he was like, tough shit. You know, here, here's the story. Yeah, it was Vince McMahon's call because he loves breaking up tag teams. But I, I don't know. I, I think maybe it could be a swerve. I don't know. Um, I, I, I hope, and this is no disrespect to Kofi, but I hope they're not planting the seeds for some kind of New Day heel turn because it really the, the promo that Bobby Lashley cut really was almost a tough guy face promo. You know, I'm done playing your games. I'm done being your puppet. Just get out of my way and let me let me get you. Like it reminded me of I for for those with good memory when the big boss man was a heel and he was under the the the, the, the management of Slick. I don't know if you remember this or not, Benny, but Ted DiBiase came out and gave Slick a bunch of money and Big Boss Man realized that Slick had basically been selling his services. And he's like, wait a minute, I only care about, you know, law and order, honor. Like, I, I thought these guys were, were the bad guys that I was going after, and I was going after them for money. And he turned on Slick and DiBiase, and the crowd ate it up, and he became a face, and the crowd loved face Big Boss Man, which made sense because he's a you know, prison guard and, and slash cop, like, you know having him feud with the Mountie and nails and some of those guys, like it made sense to have him as the face. That's almost the, what, what Lashley's promo reminded me of. Like they're, they're almost like they're, they could be building up towards a face Bobby Lashley. But if you're going to have face Bobby Lashley, then you have to have him feuding with MVP's new, new army. Kind of like how anybody you mentioned the Heenan family at the start of the show, Anybody that turned face around Bobby Heenan feuded with the other people Bobby Heenan brought in from Mr. Perfect, Big John Studd, uh, even in some of the, in the AWA days when he worked with like uh, Sergeant Slaughter or his short run with with uh, with Valiant, you know, where I'm going to I'm no longer with you, Heenan. Now I got to fight all the other guys that are, are Heenan's guys. So maybe you could do something like that. But no, I, I think. I think tough guy Lashley, I think he wins clean. I don't think it's an easy match. I think it's going to be a great match. No, Kofi will get his offense in for sure. Yeah, they and they've been doing a great job of building Kofi back up. I I, I think if if you had somebody else in this in this title match, I think Kofi's in the money in the bank. But uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see because the the this match this pay per view has got to lay the foundation for SummerSlam, and. If you're going to have Lashley lose the title in a big moment to some conquering babyface, you have him do it at SummerSlam, which means he has to beat Kofi here. Right. So uh, moving on, the final match of the card and the one that I know I imagine you're you're looking forward to because you've been talking about these two in a singles match since the Rumble you, when you picked Edge for the Rumble back in back in January, the, the Oracle of... You know the Oracle of Ocala winning the uh, winning the pick there, but Roman Reigns defending his title against Edge. Now, unfortunately for neither of these two's fault, this match is somewhat mired because of the real life struggles. Uh, Jimmy Uso, obviously his uh, you know, DUI arrest earlier this what about a week uh, earlier this week, and then 
or last week, excuse me. And then what happens on SmackDown? Who's the very, who's the first person that comes through the curtain after Roman Reigns is in the ring is Jimmy Uso. So Jimmy clearly Uso, they're not. Last time, remember, last time he got a DUI, he was off TV for six months. So, I, do, you know, the question people are wondering, like, well, do you, do you use this match as the, as the excuse to get rid of the Usos? Do you, do you just kind of ignore it? You know, what do you do? So, unfortunately, there is kind of some murky eyebrows being raised around this match, but I take nothing away from these two. I think this is going to be a great match. I mean, this is the first time we've seen Edge wrestle since Mania. Uh, which you and I both had negative opinions, unfortunately, of Mania's ending with Roman Reigns and the Uso interference and all that. Um, I think I would... I'm torn here. I I picked Roman Reigns to win because, again, I reiterate, I think, honestly, I I think Reigns stays champion until next Mania, the rate he's been, the way they've been building him. But if anybody is going to take the title off of him in some moment to have their SummerSlam, like, Hey, look, I'm going to SummerSlam as champion. It would be edge right now. But I much like you talked about who needs it. I don't think edge needs to be champion going into SummerSlam. I think Roman Reigns does. I think the way they've been building him up, his head of the table, big dog family, he, you know, head of the family gimmick. I don't think that works unless he's champion. You know, it seems like, you know, nobody's ever going to be another Bruno and hold a title for seven plus years and Bob Backlund or even Hulk Hogan for four years. But not to say that, like, why can't Roman hold? I think I think by SummerSlam, he's right at about a year, I think, or close. I think he's right at like 360 days. I could be off. But I mean, the guy's a juggernaut. I, I can't see... Uh, the only thing I could, I mean, I see him winning, and I see him winning decisively. Um, maybe not decisively. I, I do think there's going to be some controversy, and I think there's going to be some interference, and I think that interference is going, whoever is going to be do the run-in, I think might be his SummerSlam opponent, and I think that's where they're going to throw us a, a swerve. There's going to be a mystery appearance. You know, maybe it's a John Cena or somebody like that. Um, I, I mean, Roman has beat everybody. So who else is there left? I just can't see Edge bringing the belt into SummerSlam. Um, not, not that he, he couldn't do, carry it off, but I don't think he needs it. I think Roman needs to perpetuate his, his title reign, keep going, be dominant. But, you know, I think there's going to be, I think there's gonna be a, a, a mystery unraveled in this match as far as who's his next opponent going to be. Yeah, and of course, the, 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 the dirt sheets, they have been... There has been a lot of speculation about John Cena because, for one, John Cena recently said in an interview that he misses the wrestling. But also the, the, the Internet detectives, being who they are, have discovered that John Cena has a considerable hole in his schedule between uh, publicity for his current film and the beginning filming of his next movie where he'll be very much available not just to wrestle SummerSlam but to do the the build leading up to it. If he's going to be on a few SmackDowns kind of like they did with the rock when he came back to win the title from CM Punk. Um, so, but unfortunately not a week or two after SummerSlam, John Cena is back on the road filming. So if, if Roman Reigns and John Cena is at SummerSlam, that's a, that's a foregone conclusion. So, um, 
It'd be interesting to see. Uh, but to answer your question, too, I looked it up while you were talking. Uh, Roman Reigns won the WWE Championship August 30th of last year. So he's been champion for 17, about 318, 19 days. So, yeah, put, come SummerSlam, he'll be pushing about a year as champion. Right so I, if you, if, I could easily see that going into Yeah, if, if he holds the title to next Mania, he'll be pushing well over 400 days, which is about what CM Punk had when he lost the title, which I've, I've said it before, Roman Reigns, heel Roman Reigns, head of the table Roman Reigns is the best character, pure good character like you know i want i champion character that they've had since i think cm punk's lengthy title reign when he yeah. and again there's paul Heyman at the heart of it and but, i mean it don't don't you know you don't need to fix something that's not broken that's that's why with bobby lashley like why would you want to break him and mvp up like right now they're doing phenomenally well leave, leave well enough alone right and you know it's it's Interesting to see because I think you could you could do like they did with Edge. You could have somebody win the Rumble and then switch brands to go after Roman. You could honestly have Roman kind of like they did with Lesnar. If you remember a couple years ago when Roman Reigns won the Rumble and challenged Lesnar. And, okay, this is the coronation. Roman Reigns is going to – and Lesnar beat him clean after, what, like five or six F5s, and Roman was bloody, and it was just a really... I mean, the match was terrible, but the crowd hated it. But, you know, who knows? You could have Roman go into Mania next year's champion thinking, okay, you know, I don't know, Big E or whoever it is, it now's the time you're going to step up and beat Roman, and then Roman beats them and keeps the title until, you know, SummerSlam or whatever. But, sure. uh, yeah, I think heel Roman with the title is the best thing WWE has going for them right now, and I don't see... I don't see a reason to end it. And if you're going to, you do it at SummerSlam, not Money in the Bank. That's why I'm saying that, you know, if anything, you know, we see the tag team titles change. Just because if they're going to give us something, yeah. what, they're going to give us the least amount possible just to, you know, throw us a crumb. Yeah, because how many times, I mean, we've done enough. We've, we, You and I have talked about enough pay-per-views in the last couple of years, you know, where... I mean, how many times have we seen it? It's like, well, we know that this pay-per-view is filler. This is going through the motions to the next pay-per-view, and nothing, no titles are changing hands, no big uh, surprises, no big swerves. But Money in the Bank, there's always that one. You know, Kane, like I said, Kane cashing in the same night, uh, seeing seeing some of the surprise winners or maybe the occasional comeback, you know, or, or, or a return, I mean. It's interesting to see. So I look forward to it. Um, I know uh, it's going to be great seeing fans, real fans, like not and and not to take anything away from the crowd at Mania, but that wasn't a full arena. They were only what a third capacity. I think it was fifteen thousand people at Raymond James Stadium for Mania. You know, when you start getting into the thirty, forty, fifty thousand right. people, that's the crowds I want to see again. And you know what? People that have not been to a WWE show in a year and a half. They are going to go to these shows. These shows are going to draw crowds. And I, I really think there's a lot of pressure on them to deliver a great show because uh, I think the last I don't I I'm not sure what the ratings are going to be for for last last night, but the previous Monday night they were below a million five. Yeah, it was the lowest um, rated Raw in the in in the in the, in, the, and, in the show's history. And SmackDown's now below a million nine. I think for the last three weeks. Yeah. So, and you figure these are the same people. I mean, they're, I, I think they're not unduplicated. They're, you know, the people who are watching Raw, I mean, the people who are watching SmackDown 
are, are pro- pro- or the people who are watching Raw are probably watching SmackDown. And there's some people who watch SmackDown and maybe don't bother to watch Raw. But Correct. I think it's the same people. Yeah, and, and now SmackDown has had some more competition on Friday nights than Raw's had recently. Um, so hopefully they'll bounce back. But I really think, and this is just maybe me dreaming, but now is the time to hit the reset button. You've got live crowds after a year and a half, a year of wrestling in front of nobody and, and television screens. You've got live crowds. Now is the time to hit the reset button, give them a new, I don't want to say a new product, but you know, tell them, look, here is the new and improved WWE no more of this BS that drove you away over the last decade. You know, we, we got our fans back. Now let's keep you and let's get more. And I think this is would be a dream scenario. This is the perfect time to hit the reset button. Give, give them a reason to watch. Exactly. And I'll be watching, maybe out of habit at this point, but hopefully I can I can dream that, that now's the time to pick up. Maybe... Just maybe our buddy Mikey might say something nice about the WWE if they if they can put a couple of good shows together. Well, let's hope that would be nice. Yeah. So, uh, any any final thoughts, Benny? Um, you know, I, I, I like you just said. I really think they need a shot in the arm right now. I mean, they they need a great they need a great man, uh, pay per view and you know to, to peak interest for Monday night and Friday night. I mean. When you think about, you know, 20 years ago, four, four plus million people were watching wrestling on a Monday night. Yeah. And now you have a little bit more than a third of that. I mean, you really, I mean, there's something wrong. You want, you, you need that interest again. I, I don't know if it's ever going to be up to four million again, but, you know, get the people interested. Give them something that, you know, give them, give them a good product. I, I would love to be able to look forward to watching Monday Night Raw again, get, but you got to get me hooked. Yeah. No, you're you're right. And I I hope so because I've been a wrestling fan for more than 30 years and I want to see it succeed. I, I know we've had people on the show, some of the friends of the show, some of the people the the brigade members have said that they want wrestling to die because they think only a phoenix rising from the ashes of a dead industry is is what could save it. But I think maybe Maybe they can find a saving grace here. You know, how I mean, how many people remember the the new generation era where attendance was so low they canceled house shows? WCW, you know, was was making deals with RoboCop just to try and get some attention somewhere, and wrestling was dead. House show, the territories were folding. House shows were down to the lowest they'd ever been. And then the Attitude Era, and then wrestling became the biggest it had, it had been in, in history up to that, you know, a modern era history. Um, so maybe, maybe you said this, they, they need a shot in the arm and maybe they can find it. In, hope- in the history of professional wrestling, if you look, there's been many peaks and valleys, even going back to like, you know, when, when it started on TV in the late 40s, mm-hmm. there, were low, there were low periods and then they were followed by boom periods. So, you know, not to say that can't happen again. Yeah, no, it's, 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 Something to look forward to and something to dream for, and and I hope it does because I love wrestling. I always have, and and I want to see the business that I love and, and grew up in succeed. And and maybe this this now is the time for that shot in the arm, you know. So uh, here here's hoping, right, Benny? Well, that's all we can do is hope. 
Exactly. So for the BS Express Benny Scala, I'm Dan Spasciano. Have a good night, everyone. And as always, happy wrestling. Good night, folks.